Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. We are doing a cross live. <laughs> we have two cameras going. <laughs> so um, the focus today, we actually both channeled this separately. So I'm going to talk about how I got this insight. And then Elizabeth can explain how she got the same kind of insight. But basically, um, today is Friday. And um, yesterday, I worked at my job um, where I do my readings and healings. I'm Kiara, by the way. I guess yes, this is Kiara, and I'm Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, I'm like Kiara Elizabeth. Um, we're because we're doing the cross platforming. Uh, this is an awesome collaboration. So our focus for today is talking about shadow work. Um, it'll be kind of an eclectic, multi-platformed conversation, jumping around, and we actually have some special surprise later on in this video as well that we will be doing for you guys. So stick around to the end to witness uh, our impromptu reading and association, which we will talk about later. But the focus, the reason this came to be, yesterday I was working and I had a client come in that was talking about um, how they're dealing with a lot of trauma and how they have been witnessing a lot of darker energies in their life. And they've been called, um, I don't want to use like an aggressive term, I'm paraphrasing, but kind of like the crackpot idea where they're like, oh, I'm suffering and people are like, no, you're not. You just need to focus on what's good in your life and focus on all the fun stuff that's actually positive in your life. Um, hi, Gabby. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, so Gabby is going to be kind of a viewer, guest, um, impromptu. Hello, hi. Um, but hello. hello. <laughs> so the client was telling me that they were dealing with a lot of pain and they wanted to understand what they were witnessing, why they were experiencing some like darker feelings and experiences, dealing with maybe ghosts or just these like entities that they can't explain and they don't have words for. So I actually brought up um, shadow work, which I did a little bit of research on that um, a man named Carl Jung, if you Jungians are watching, um, Carl Jung actually did a lot of research and um, kind of deep diving understanding in the psychology of shadow work. And basically what I've got from it is that, in my opinion, from what he said, shadow work is this analysis of your unity of your light and dark within the same person. Mm -hmm. And how humanity is like, both shadow and light. Mm -hmm. What's your takeaway from that? Yeah, I mean, we're still in Gemini season. Yes. Yeah, and so it's the perfect time to do it because that's sort of the twins. The twins. <laughs> so we are we are the archetypal twins. We hold that um, blueprint within ourselves. And um, one of the one of, uh, during Gemini season because I always get a lot of downloads during Gemini season is that it's like having one foot in heaven and one foot in hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I think would Carl Jung might actually like that term. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure. I mean, that's how I feel like we have it with all have it within ourselves. And tonight we wanted to talk about how people are being almost shamed for having their shadow, for wanting to illuminate their own shadow um, inside of some of the spiritual community or other communities where people don't want to talk about it or deal with it. And um, if we're, we're actually going to bring in some history. I do a lot of history research in ancient Egypt that deals a lot with shadow work. 
um, the Native American culture also deals with shadow work. Mm -hmm. And from these different cultures, the same thing comes up, even if you research something called Ouroboros in the Celtic culture. Um, as above, so below, when you're a part of a unity of yin and yang, right? We're talking about global um, connections. The light and dark are always intertwined. They mm -hmm. dance with each other. Mm -hmm. And when you deny one, the other wants to rule and override that same energy. And to me, I feel like this is very hard for humanity now as a whole because as far as spirituality has been, there's this wish for the woo-woo, like love and light, peace, peace Hopium. and energy. Hopium. It's <laughs> Hopium. all good. Life yep. is okay. Mm -hmm. And on the bright side of that, yes, the empowerment of self-willingness towards these modalities, these thoughts, yes, like great, love and light, right? But mm -hmm. don't deny your shadow. Don't mm -hmm. pretend it doesn't exist. Don't pretend there isn't darkness mm -hmm. because I feel like then you deny it. It wants to make itself known mm -hmm. and it's going to make itself known in aggressive ways, whether it's through dream state, through other people, through experiences, mm -hmm. or even through passings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So this inspiration that came forward through my client was he's like, how do I find people that think like me? How do I reach out and find my, my people I can actually communicate with and talk to? And the, the idea like came to my brain at work today before, like we finished our, our set, our second session in a row. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go live. I mean, we're not live right now. This is a pre-recording, but you will have this very soon, right after us recording it. And I want to talk about what the heck I think shadow work should be and what I've witnessed and the knowledge, the plethora of knowledge that's on this focus. So I actually text my friend after work and I said, um, Elizabeth, what are you doing? And she's like, um, nothing. And then I'm like, cool. I call her and I'm like, do you want to do like dinner? She's like, yes. <laughs> so I come over here and she says, <clears throat> yeah, well, cause, uh, so Kiara and I have known each other for four years now. She's one of my first friends uh, that I met here in Sedona and we've uh, really stayed friends and gotten to know each other over the past four years. And this is where her and I like connect, um, on a deep level, like on a soul sister level, because she's a Gemini. So she just had a birthday. So happy birthday to the lovely Kiara. And I'm on the opposite end on the Sagittarian. So this is where her and I, like it's a meeting of the mind, heart, and soul with the two of us, because we share that axis of beliefs and um, processing and thinking and ideas and communicating and all of that. So I was telling her when she brought up the idea for shadow work, I was like, oh my God, I was actually showing her um, or telling her that I had gotten this teeny tiny little mini deck, the steampunk tarot, but it was like mini. And the reason why I bought it, because it was so cheap um, and I love this deck, was because I wanted to start doing a series of tarot videos for all of you um, called Midnight Tarot. And it was to be focused on shadow work. I'm a night owl. Um, so I try to do my tarot videos during the day for the most part. Um, but there's still something very magical about reading at night and you don't get to do a lot of readings at night. Like if you work in a shop or if you just have clients, like typically you're not doing readings for people or sessions for people at night, but there is something, there's an energy that comes in at night. That's a bit different. 
and I wanted to do like really short videos, like sign by sign, the way that I normally do my monthly videos, like five to 10 minutes each of just like Aries, here's your shadow work. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I felt was really important. And I think for a lot of the same reasons that Kiara is speaking about, because where's the, the, okay. So one of the other things that I notice is like, cause you have the, you know, the parts of the community that are really uber focused on new earth, love and light, you know, um, and divine neutrality is really important to me. And also like the violet pill or the violet flame is really important to me, <clears throat> but you almost like can't have the violet unless like you take the red pill first and not to like get into pills or anything, but just like that light and shadow, um, that I don't want to be bypassing it. And I want to look at it because it affects me. Like I have my ups and downs every day of my life. So I want to be able to talk about these things. Um, and I even have been noticing inside of like my little community on YouTube, um, that some of you respond with, and your comments and you're sharing your experiences that you're in real time of things that like you're going through, um, that are hard and, you know, and they're real things. And like, so where do you go to for that? Because the other thing is like, so I, the other thing that I notice is then you'll have like, um, whether it's readers or videos where. I feel like they're just channeling dark energies and that's not a place I would want to go to for shadow work either because then you're kind of getting, it's like your, um, some of your, um, energy that wants to be transmuted and worked with is actually being siphoned and loosed, um, by some of the darker energies. So where, like, where can we find like a safe place that's positive to do the shadow work in i feel like too like just to give a definition for those of you that are new to spirituality that will be finding this through um my client and through her clients and just spreading and spreading and spreading um the idea behind shadow work is this idea that humanity is built off of two energy fields and the energy field is the the light field and the shadow field and they are one and the same. They coexist. They are the same in this reality. They are one of each other. So when we say shadow work, um, especially if you look it up through Carl Jung's research in psychology, um, shadow work is when you are able to sit down and work through traumas, impacts, um, past life energy, um, what else? Just pain, mm -hmm. um, whatever, anything that's that shadow, that dark, the, the hurt, um, being able to transmute it in a more positive expression that still you're aware of it, you know it, but you're not letting it rule or control you. Yeah. It's like the moon card, like, the moon <laughs> like card. in the tarot. Yeah. Because it shows where like, um, because Carl Jung talks about the shadow in terms of like your subconscious. So it's often things that like, it's when you're not dealing with it, then you're, it's almost like you're on autopilot and you're not even in control of your own life. Not that there aren't universal forces that are pushing your world forward or, you know, um, that there aren't bigger energies, but when, when you are, um, like that's part of the moon card is it's, it's, um, the subconscious of your own psyche and then it's taken over and then you're not even making decisions for yourself or your subconscious is. 
So I think that's part of like uncovering it. And that's why in readings, like a lot of people get really freaked out when the moon card comes out for them. Or the devil or the death card. Right. Yeah, the death card, the devil card, and for a lot of people, the moon card too. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I think it's, it's um, important to like see those things as our teachers. Mm -hmm. So there was, I just got certified in something called NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming. And I took a 120 hour course um, catered to hip, hypnosis and NLP. And in NLP, what it says is that um, obstacles or challenges are opportunities. So the idea is that instead of looking at your reality as something that affects you or controls you or that blocks you, it's actually an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for expression, an opportunity for building. It's an opportunity that um, you are able to achieve by putting your mind to the task at hand or releasing limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So I feel like shadow work in particular <clears throat> is the process of like releasing these limiting beliefs mm -hmm. or these limiting experiences. And patterns. Patterns. I think a lot, of, yeah, and a lot of it's patterns too. And they're like, they're subconscious. So it's like, you're just so used to doing them and then you have similar outcomes throughout your life in whatever that is, relationships, specifically because that's a lot of times that's where our mirror to our own reality is is through our relationships yeah so you're just seeing similar patterns like they keep repeating and it's like why do i keep meeting the same person over and over and over again um and that's where the um you're you're receiving like you're seeing that golden mirror it's like a golden mirror mm -hmm. um you know to see where you can do some work it's and it's the alchemical marriage and that's gemini um, because it's the the masculine and the feminine, or the light and the shadow, the sun and the moon, the mind and the heart, yin and yang. Yeah, and um, and so that's like uh, where shadow work is important, because then it, um, when you work with that energy and you work like um, in a way that is honoring to it, and where it's not a frightening experience, and it's almost like you look forward to doing it, um, then you you have an uh, alchemical it's an alchemy that is able to happen within you. And I think that's where our soul growth comes in. It's also temperance too. Patience. Yeah. yeah. It's the blending of, um, the, the blending of different, uh, polarities. Mm -hmm. So you're mixing and blending your own polarities. And that can be the things about you that you, the things that you love about yourself, like your strengths, when you look in the mirror or when you are asked in an interview, what are your strengths and the things that first come to your mind versus like, what would be the things that you shame yourself for that you don't like about yourself or that would be your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. Um, those would be the, in like in the temperance card that you're blending those elements and then you're creating something new. Like you're actually alchemizing it to create something new. And she mentioned earlier, she was talking about the blue pill, red pill and the violet pill. So in that perspective, if you've watched the matrix and if you haven't, the idea behind the matrix, the movie with Keanu Reeves is that the blue pill is you being asleep. You're not aware of the matrix. You're living your day to day life. You're doing what the big man told you and you're just going with the flow but the red pill is waking up being aware looking at your surroundings seeing that you're in a simulation so in that perspective the violet pill is understanding both 
we live here and mm -hmm. we exist here. We rule here in this moment, but knowing that there is the 5D, there is other things at play. There are other things that we don't understand that are bearing witness to this experience. And if you are tapping into that violet pill and you're merging and alchemizing the two energies, you're not only unifying yourself, but you're unifying the spirit or the ether with the physical. Mm-hmm. And being able to commune and create and do instead of being blocked. Mm -hmm. In NLP, we call this living at cause instead of living at effect. Mm -hmm. When you're living at cause, you are responsible for your failures. You are responsible for your pain. Mm -hmm. You are responsible for your experience in this reality. And taking that responsibility and, and taking that claim, I am in control. Living at effect is you saying, oh, my boss did this to me. Oh, my husband did this to me. Oh, my daughter did this to me. Oh, the world is affecting me. The world is making me feel this way. But if you can take claim of your feelings and your emotions, then you're living at the cause of your reality. Mm -hmm. This is a big discerning factor of shadow work. Mm -hmm. Most people think, oh, I was raped. This is a very deep and very personal topic. I was raped. And it, how is that my fault that I was raped? It's not your fault. It's not your fault that you were raped. It's the person's choice that affected you. But what do you choose to do after what happened to you? And think about that for a minute, if that's something you live with, your experience. I have personally been sexually assaulted. And I am living at cause of my decisions after that belief system. Mm -hmm. This is true shadow work. I'm not saying it's my fault. I'm not saying it's somebody else's fault. I am saying that it is merely an action of understanding what I'm going to do with this information further. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. I mean, and with the red, blue, violet, mm -hmm. one of the things um, that's important to me is that Again, we can't bypass the red pill and just go straight to violet. So that's for me, like the red pill represents the shadow work because it's all the rabbit holes that you can go down. And so like, just going back to your experience, um, like I grew up in a home that was very unsafe at, uh, during, um, a lot a lot of uh, the bigger portions of my life where there was a lot of domestic violence inside of my home. It was a very uh, scary place to live in um, at times, not all the time. So I'm, you know, a survivor of, um, of domestic violence. Uh, I'm an adult child of an alcoholic, um, you know, so I haven't, we've had, uh, different experiences, but I know we've talked about some of the things inside of our home that actually were very, very similar. So, um, yeah. So growing up for me, it was also, I don't know. I feel like I was someone who naturally had a propensity towards, um, working through these things and, uh, wanting to always be empowered. Like that was a big thing for me was not giving up my power inside of, um, these situations. However, I was also just a child for much of it. So how much power do you really have as, um, you know, a tween or a teenager or whatever? Um, so, but going back to what you were saying about the living and what was it? Living in purpose, living at cause. Living at cause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm a breast cancer survivor. 
uh, and I was really young when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And the first year that I was a survivor, I, I did the Susan G. Komen March for the Cause uh, in this, you know, in the area that I grew up in. And then by the second year, I was like, this is not empowering for me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't need, you know, so I guess it's just different for everybody. Um, and I, I like that living, living in cause, mm -hmm. um, because people are victims. And so, because I think the victim shaming can be very, it can be very hurtful yeah. inside of the new age community, the spiritual community, yeah. but then inside of, uh, some of the other areas, uh, popular culture and mainstream culture where they almost want you to stay inside of a victim mentality, um, forever. So it's almost like that's where the violet pill comes in where, um, where you're not, uh, bypassing either or, but you're kind of like coming into this middle place. It's like a middle way. It's the middle road. And, uh, and you can be both, you know, recognize where you have been harmed in your life, where you perhaps have been at a disadvantage in your life, where you've had traumatic experiences in your life, but also where you, um, can be very much in your own place of power where you can be empowered, where you can find your, your magic, um, and your own personal unique, like healing abilities inside of that. So I think that's violet pill for me, but, um, most people, not all people have to go down the rabbit holes first. Mm -hmm. I don't think everybody does. I think there's like a very select group of people that can bypass the red pill. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they are. Like galactically speaking, they have some kind of specific frequency, mm -hmm. but most people like you have to be willing to go down the rabbit hole and explore yourself on a deep level. And that's kind of the the ogre mentality, right? You're thinking of Shrek where he's like, ogres are like onions. They have layers. It's almost like that never-ending onion that just keeps just revealing itself. And you deep dive and you keep peeling off all those mm -hmm. layers. And you get to this core that you think you're done and there's more. There's more. There's more mm -hmm. to you. There's more to what you're you're witnessing and experiencing. So the most empowering part of shadow work in particular is being able to, like she says, always finding a state of literal empowerment. What's giving you fuel to, to keep diving and keep building, um, making connections with people that, I mean, she's not the same age as me at all. We have different brackets of timelines mm -hmm. um, and we still get each other. Mm -hmm. We come from different backgrounds. We come from very different cities and families, mm -hmm. but having this like unity of the minds and sitting together and being able to deal with these big topics that are just massive. They're on such a massive level that you're just thinking to yourself like, wow, there are random people like me. It's just being being comfortable with your story, being comfortable mm -hmm. with your experience, but also being vulnerable enough to say, you know what, I feel you on a, on a level. I feel connected to you and I'm willing to share something with you. 
And if you feel that the people that you're sharing with, they're getting you and they vibe with you and they're wanting to learn more about your experience or you or, or share in knowledge, then that's when you know that you're able to safely dive deeper and connect with people. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's an important message to even my client who's looking for their, their people to talk to. On some level, yes, you can be protected and you can cover yourself up in your garb and, and, and hold your secrets and heal internally until you have all the information. But on another level, shadow work is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Shadow work is letting your layers be exposed and finding the right mentors, tutors, friends, people to witness you, whether it be through a, a negative or a positive. I've had friends that don't even talk to me now that I thought that we were very close and they helped me deal with quite a bit of my shadow work. And even now that we're not close and we're not talking, for whatever reason, there's still this deep love of, wow, I was vulnerable enough mm -hmm. to share and they were vulnerable enough to share back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that one of the biggest um, tests that I had... Um, as to like sort of what you were saying, like where are your people, who do you feel um, that you're able to like show your your vulnerabilities to, who is there to really hold space for you. Um, and it's not even to shame people who aren't, like it's all good on the grand scheme of things. But for some people I know it, it can feel very, very personal. Like if you have an event in your life, like my younger brother passed away in 2020. And so for me, one of the um, the biggest things that happened for me during that time was like, I totally recognized who was around and who wasn't around, like who could handle it and who couldn't handle it. And um, yes, I was grieving, you know, he was the youngest of five children um, and it was very traumatic and, and all of that. Um, and there was, you know, people in my life that they just disappeared, like they were nowhere to be found. Um, but then you kind of see like who shows up and that's a, that becomes a big deal for you. Like who can sit with you, uh, in, in your, you know, in your grief, who can sit with you inside of those really, really dark moments. Um, and also just in the changing moments, cause like, you know how grief is a process and healing from trauma is a process where it's so not linear. It happens in stages. Like you were talking about the onion and, um, you know, so who can be there? And there were some very, um, I noticed like very uber spiritual people who are super love and light and you want to talk to them about death. And these are some of the remarks that you get. There's no such thing as death. And, and okay. These are all of the things that, um, like spiritually and intellectually, I understand that, like, especially, you know, um, being, someone I can talk to my brother. There are very distinct moments of mediumship that I have with him. I don't believe that there really is like a, an actual death of somebody that they live on. They are, actually have lives. Like, so that's something we could talk about maybe another time. But the fact that like, you're still here in a human setting. I have blood pulsing through my veins. I have flesh. I have to breathe and eat. And I'm going to mourn the loss of my loved one and coming from a, you know, let's just call them like these highly spiritual people or whatever. Um, 
you know, that are saying to you, well, there's no such thing as death. Instead of just being able to say, I'm so sorry, like, sorry you know, I'm so <laughs> sorry for your loss. You know, I experienced that with, you know, my father when I was young or, or whatever. Um, and again, you know, this is like very typical in Sedona, I want to say. I mean, it wasn't just one person. Um, so that was something that was like a big wake up call for me where I was like, whoa, this is like a part of my awakening here. Um, my brother's death was actually a part of one of my layers of awakening because I was starting to see all of these other things. And like it was like a portal that I was going through, like I was calling it the death portal that I was like in this death portal. And I know that my brother was like there with me through it because it was a part of my awakening and it was a part of the, the shadow work. And that's the death card, mm -hmm. you know, so it does transform you. And I think that's a big part of the shadow work is that it's it's so important because it's there um, as a part of your transformation. In a lot of ancient cultures, um, especially ancient Egypt, the mummification process was a sacred, literal uh, ceremony. So when somebody of importance, and even people who were not pharaohs, passed, they would do the mummification process and they were put with uh, their belongings, with their animals, sometimes even the pharaohs with their wives or their husband mm -hmm. um, or their kids at the time. Mm -hmm. And it was to be able to cross over the bridge to the next form of life or the next reality mm -hmm. that we move into. Mm -hmm. So in their perspective, the shadow work process was a lot about um finding the different parts of the body that mattered to them, which in, in a lot of funny cases, um, the brain was not one of the organs that was mm -hmm. kept. Um, it was like your, your, your stomach, your, your heart, your, heart. your uh, lungs, uh, just these very basic and very interesting parts of the system that to them were seen as a sacred process in the mummification. And they would put mm -hmm. your organs in cornucopic jars to preserve them to represent the different systems in the body that they held sacred. So when I think of that in relation to shadow work now, it's like the baggage that we carry, the trauma, the existence, the, the reality of the story that we tell of our childhood, our, our upbringing into now, mm -hmm. that is our carnicopic jars of crap that we put <laughs> that we take with us that's so funny and we that. get to pick which cornucopic uh -huh. jar goes with us so when i think uh -huh. of the shadow work there's some things that i don't want to come back or uh -huh. take with me or walk with me when i move forward uh -huh. so i try to deal with those things first in order to make myself feel stronger, more secure, mm -hmm. happier, more believing in my abilities, more connected to the people I want to be connected to. Mm -hmm. And I think that that has a lot to do with the shadow work. It's mm -hmm. what, what can you do to better self? It's not about other people. It's not about the experience with maybe somebody else that you would witness this with. Mm -hmm. To me, shadow work is a self-analysis mm -hmm. of what you took away from that story. Mm -hmm. And what do you want to tell instead? Or what would better serve you to tell instead of? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I think it's also a, a like, uh, I love the cornucopias, by the way. <laughs> the cor cornucopic jars. I think that's like amazing. But yeah, it's... um. It, it's so funny because it's also where I feel like for me personally, um, like where you can actually, um, ha hold a, a vibration in the space of being able to have more compassion for yourself, like inside of your own process, because 
like we need that so much to have compassion for ourselves, like to really, really like hold ourselves with so much love. Um, and then that's where uh, you step into your power as like a, a healer because then you are able to hold that for other people as well. Because I think that it's something like the past two years since 2020 has literally been all about shadow work, whether we're doing it consciously or subconsciously. Right? Like it's, I mean, it's, that's what the past two years, and I think it's going to continue even into next year and maybe even into 2024. Um, <clears throat> we're seeing sides of people that we never knew because you know, being at home and being stuck with these people, some people were, you know, assaulted. Some people were hurt. Some people were going through trauma or having to actually face their parents or whatever mm -hmm. it was. People were having to face their crap during 2020 when the shutdown happened. And that's been such a hard wake up call for everybody because you're looking in the mirror now and you're saying, oh my God, there is a problem. How do I deal with it now that I can't get over that I was stuck with my mom during the shutdown and she was upset with me the whole time or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. The analogies can go on and on. And I think that talking about this is, is to give you the power to do with it what you want. You are here for a reason. You are watching this for a reason. You are listening to whatever it is that you're taking away from this. And the idea is knowing that you have that power to turn on and turn off a device to get information. Mm -hmm. That should be a wake-up call for the entire planet. Mm -hmm. You should do your research. Do your di deep dives. Not only in yourself, but whatever it is you want to know about the reality around you. This shadow work to me is understanding the secrets that people don't want to come to light. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the light is kind of overshadowing all that secret stuff. Mm -hmm. We're coming to a time, a precipice of reality, uh, the convergence of, if you will, or just this, this precipice of, duh, wake up. Or, you know, not the woke agenda, mm -hmm. but wake up to what do you need? What do you want? What mm -hmm. do you desire? What's going to make you feel like a badass person that you are <laughs> what's gonna make you feel good and if you're not doing it what are you doing and that's okay too that's a lot i love <laughs> i love i love the truth bomb there Whoa! <laughs> yeah i do I, I mean i'm all about that so um and it happens at different times for different people but also when you were talking about like where people were kind of stuck at home with their family members and then also on top of it, a lot of people were, you know, just in this place of like, the gym wasn't open, the mall wasn't open, they couldn't go to the, the movies or the park or the concert or the restaurants or the clubs. And everybody's like, I feel like that was, because for me personally, like the whole quarantine and all that, like my life didn't really change, <laughs> like, you know, and, um, and so, except for uh, like going to events, right? Yeah. yeah, like there were some things, but, um, but so I think that that was like a big push for people. And I think that that was one of the positives that really came out of all of this was like this whole self reflection and like, okay, well now what do I do with myself? And like, how many video games can you play or how many movies can you watch? And how like, much can you drink? Or, or, right. Or how much can you dance? Until you're like, you're just there with yourself. And what does that look like? And, um, 
and you know, and like I was saying, a lot of a lot of it for me is like being able to look at our traits that we um, that we look at as our strengths and our traits that we feel ashamed of or that we try to repress or that we're like, I have to get rid of that instead of like actually working with it and seeing, well, what exactly is this and how can I like just uh, refine it? So it's, it actually becomes part of my strength. So I think it's like a refinement process. I think that's a part of shadow work is like a refinement of who we are. In the, uh, like jumping on that, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's go, just in the ancient Toltec, the biggest thing is your greatest weakness is your greatest strength. Mm -hmm. So thinking about what she's saying, I'm over here like, yeah, like there's so many things that my limiting beliefs and my, my shadow and my hardships on myself that I would be like, wow, I, I don't feel beautiful or this or this or this. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, that's like my strongest understanding. So when somebody comes to me with those same exact experiences, mm -hmm. I know what to say to those people. I'll be mm -hmm. like, you know what? I actually dealt with the same exact thing mm -hmm. and here's what I learned from it. Yeah, and also um, Kiara, for those of you who know her and those of you who aren't familiar with her, um, she's also a, a very talented astrologer. And um, and so I also feel like even if, okay, I'll just tell you about one of my placements in my chart. Um, my, my Mars is at zero degrees of Cancer. And so in astrology, this would be seen as it's in its detriment, like, that's a very hard placement for Mars and Mars is one of the, um, the interpersonal planets or the personal planets, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, you know, Venus and Mars and Mercury. It's like how your self is affected and Mars is your drive. It's you, the action that you take out into the world. It's your masculine, your inner masculine, you know, all of that. And it being in the sign of cancer, it's where it just doesn't feel right there. So for a long time, like once I learned about it, I was like, oh my God, that explains so much about me, how I become very emotionally driven. And I'm really like, I have to feel very, 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 very safe um, in order to take a step. So it's like where I feel safety, where, and then once I started, and it's also at the zero degree, which is the miracle number. So that's where it's its most potent. So it's like super on steroids there. Um, and then I started like working with it. Okay, instead of you're like, if you went to some, you know, cheesy astrologer who's like, oh, that's like really bad and that you're gonna have to like really deal with that throughout your life. And they're kind of like giving you, um, instead of empowering you. Um, so that's where, that's that was my focal point. Instead of like, just like, oh, well, I have this and that placement and that's amazing. I'm like, let me work with this one and see what it is there to teach me. And that was sort of like a process of shadow work for me was understanding how I'm motivated, where my drive is, um, my inner masculine and how it's, you know, and how to work with it where it's almost like Chiron in your chart where it's like a wounding or a weakness can actually show you where you have this um opportunity for a uh, strength so it's really just about like not i don't know not not shaming it and being like oh well that part of me just sucks and everything that she's literally talking about especially in astrology a lot of people will come to me and say like oh i've heard that this placement is not good in this position mm -hmm. or whatever they'll say and my my answer to that is we are snowflakes 
every single part of who you are is perfectly beautiful and exactly the way it needs to. And it's based off of what you decide to do with it. That's why we're human. We were given the freedom of choice and the opportunity to utilize that choice. So her having the zero degrees in Cancer in Mars is an amazing opportunity for psychic success. That is a very amazing psychic placement. And that's what you have to look at. What's the best perspective of the sign mm -hmm. and the, the negative aspect? And mm -hmm. how am I feeding those funnels? Mm -hmm. Which funnel am I feeding of that sign or that placement or that trauma or that experience? Mm -hmm. Am I feeding it? Or am I making myself empowered and putting the better position of it? Mm -hmm. So I'm a, my, I'm a Gemini. So my birthday was on Sunday, June 12th. And... I have a moon in Sagittarius. So Sagittarius is the opposite of Gemini. Mm -hmm. Not only is it in Sagittarius, but it is 21 degrees Sagittarius. So what that means is that is the uh, kill or be killed degree, <laughs> um, a position as far as astrology is concerned. Interesting. So I'm over here like, oh, that explains everything i've so had your moon and sun are are, are in opposition exactly, to one another exactly. yeah <laughs> and the reality of it is is that i've had a lot of men especially challenge me physically or with weapon and they're like wow. i will fight you and i'm thinking why does this keep happening well it has to do with this power this position of belief i think i could take them that's what I think. <laughs> so <laughs> in that perspective, the the mirror is there. The shadow work is there. Yeah. Could you really, right? That's what the sign energy is showing you. Could mm -hmm. you take, could you really do this? Could you face this, this shadow or this part of your personality? And in my belief, sure. <laughs> sure I could. So it's just interesting to think about. It's just the idea of what are you feeling what are you looking at and are you facing those experiences? I want to go back to um, talking about some of the history behind this. In ancient Celtic culture, there is something called Ouroboros, which you guys are welcome to do your own research. And I'm not going to tell you about it because I am inquiring you to go and research. <laughs> but Ouroboros is this representation of the serpent chasing its tail and consuming its tail. It's an ongoing chasing thing. It never eats itself and it never completes the, the eating or the following of its tail. The representation is that there are cycles. The reality of the beginning and the end are never ending. Like the eternity symbol. It's continuous. There's no end to it. Mm -hmm. So the idea is um, at the point of the, the head and the tail meeting, the biting of the tail, mm -hmm. that would be represented as the shadow. That would be represented as the end. But there is no end because it's still going around and eating itself and it's never actually eating itself. So the idea is... We chase our tail throughout timelines, throughout our reality. Apparently, according to the karma in the Celtic culture, you um, incarnate in multiple different lifetimes. Uh, they say also plant life, like tree or uh, clover or animal or whatever. I'm not sure because I don't have a particular belief system, but this is the history behind it. And in the Celtic belief, when you incarnate in these different experiences, you have your shadow. Once you witness shadow, you can take it with you to the next positioning of your life, or you could release it before you move forward. If you release it before you move forward, you do not have to repeat the action. If you do not release mm -hmm. it, you repeat it mm -hmm. in the next whatever incarnation you pick, which is Ouroboros. 
Moving on to the pagan culture in ancient times when paganism was a reigning uh, religious belief, mm -hmm. um, pre-Christianity, there was the idea of um, as above, so below, which mm -hmm. is uh, translated through another saying. I, I don't remember quite what the saying is, but the as above, so below represents that whatever is being what you see, what you go towards is something that you have witnessed or experienced before. It's also um, related to the light and the shadow. As the mm -hmm. sun shines above, the shadow is seen below. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at your reality, if you want something, you have to put out equivalent exchange. Mm -hmm. So in pagan culture, equivalent exchange is seen as something of importance. That's why uh, ritualistically people fear um, ceremony or they fear um, giving and taking because in some uh, very media centralized uh, movies, there's this sacrificial experience that needs to happen, mm -hmm. which to me is inappropriate because that is not the case across the board. And I love how you talk about that because there is, there is this, um, this sort of energy of having to, um, of having to, oh, it's not like, it's like an energy of having to give to the gods, so to speak. But I also feel like it's like um, having to perform for them that um, that I love how you talk about like that you don't feel that that's necessary. And it's actually uh, it was. Um, oh, it can go right down here. Sorry. Um, that it's not just not necessary, but it's like um, it's almost wrong. That was like a distortion. Yes. And I think that the distortion on shadow work or the, the entity behind shadow or anything about shadow at all is influenced in such a not negative way. Like people think that they have to give up something or sacrifice something in order to learn from their mistakes or to experience. Or to be worthy. Yeah. You know? And I think or that's to be worthy. I think it is too. I totally agree. Because I feel like also, um, it's not that like the um, some of the gurus and teachers that um, have come and gone or some that are still here on earth didn't have like very important things to share and that they didn't come in to share with humanity. But I almost feel like that the age of the guru is like, it's over. Like, let's just let that be over. These big teachers that we're seeing like, this is the age of revelation. This is a time of revelation, of enlightenment, of um, things being shown. The sun is shining on all of these things. It's shining on the shadow. So it's like, oh, we're sort of uncovering where we are, like, we're truly the ones we've been waiting for. The as above, so below. Like, that's the magician. That's Mercury related to Gemini. So I love how a lot of this goes back to Gemini and the twins and duality and all of that. But, but it um, also has to do with Sagittarius. Yes. In astrology, Sagittarius represents the mind. It represents the, the knowledge, the ascended mastery, the traveler, the experience, the person that knows all your shit. And when Sagittarius is in a detriment, it's psychosis. It's literally insanity. <laughs> it's losing the mind. Oh, so so seeing how losing their mind, but being able to know everything about everybody else is such a powerful, potent, empowering perspective. What if you told somebody that um, is losing, like they're having a hard time with reality. They're losing grip of reality. And you tell them that um, they know nothing. How absolute garbage is that? That to me 
is influencing that somebody who probably knows so much that they can't understand why people are the way they are in this reality all of a sudden has to look in the mirror and say wow do i know anything i think that that shows gearhead of what's going on with the shadow work whereas with gemini people see gemini energy as backstabbing and the twins like they're gonna talk shit or they're gonna be one way to your face and one way behind doors and to me that is false what if they could see both perspectives what if they could hold you in two different ways yeah. these type of processes of what she was saying earlier about attacking the victim or putting the victim in a in this uncomfortable position and having to actually victimize themselves rather than looking at oh well what can i take away from this to empower me i think is a falsehood and that's sacrificial to me that is inappropriate mm -hmm. It's a lot, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I love the Gemini Sagittarius thing because I think, you know, Gemini is going to look at like, um, just from a shadow work perspective, light work and shadow work, because if we're going to talk about shadow work, then there's light work attached to that too. So they would be two sides of the same coin, which is so beautiful. So many of you who are light workers, like you're also shadow workers. So it, they can exist um, simultaneously. Um, whereas like on the side of Gemini, it's like you can get into the details of things. Look at the small details and um, really process things like on a much more analytical level. And then Sagittarius is going to see it from the highest perspective and see the big picture. And that's where I think that axis is like so beautiful. And we had the North and South Node in Gemini and Sag just... Um, was it a couple years ago? I think so, yes. It was several, maybe it was actually when I first moved to Sedona and when we first met. <laughs> now that I think about it, it may have been um, during that Because 2020 was ruled by Capricorn and Cancer. Yeah. No, was that? Was it? Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The so then it, it was before that where yeah. it was Sag and Gemini. And I think that was like when we met. Or yeah. was it after that? Possibly. No, it was after that because now we're in Taurus and Scorpio. Yeah. So that's something interesting too is like even where the nodes of the moon are right now because that kind of can show like the shadow work or the the axis and the polarity that we're integrating is Scorpio Taurus right now with the nodes of the moon yeah because the moon is moving out of Scorpio right now the moon would be entering into um Sag soon unless it's already in Sag the nodes no just the moon itself oh well, we just had the moon in sag the full moon in sag was on monday yeah, right so yeah. then does it go it's like every it's two, like a couple days, days yeah. yeah so um, we're like probably in sagittarius moon right now which would be interesting I, i'm gonna look that up later and just kind of post that in the video while we're talking yeah just to see what some of the placements are right now oh look speaking of sacrifice here's neptune nice. <laughs> neptune with i sacrifice yeah, so the interesting idea why we're bringing the astrology into it is that um, a lot of the course of the history of what's existing right now is based off of astrological placements. You can actually go on to YouTube or to uh, Google and type in astrological placements of the global economic reality or just global economics or whatever. You can look up something to do with politics. It'll show you exactly where we are. And America currently this year is in its Pluto return. Mm -hmm. And the last time we had a Pluto return was during the 1776. <laughs> 
So <laughs> if you know your history, I mean, Declaration of Independence, uh, yeah. the freedom of the mind and the secess secession from uh, the European Union, all that stuff was initiated yeah. uh, during the last Pluto return. Mm -hmm. So thinking about where, um, you know, the shadow of the reality of what we're going through, Pluto represented in astrology is the master teacher and the harder ways. It's the, the stern teacher that shows you the, the hard stuff. So if you guys watched Karate Kid, where it's the wax on, wax off, the child is like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it this way? Why am I cleaning this, this window or this car or whatever he's cleaning? Um, because that's the hard teacher. The one that tells you the right way to do something. You just don't know what it's telling you until it, you're seeing it in action. So with the reality of what's happening with the shadow of the U.S. and what's probably happening with you. All over the world. Everybody. Yeah. The shadow is cool. What's the reality of what we're learning? What's the reality of the media? What's the reality of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard uh, case? What's the reality of all of these subjects that are being brought out of shadow into light? Mm -hmm. What are you taking away from it? How does it affect you? Is it entertaining? Is it informative? Is it insightful? What are you getting from all of these occurrences? And are you getting anything? Some things that people aren't even paying attention to that are happening behind the scenes. That's the same as yourself. The analogy is the same on the global as it is on the individual. Whatever you're not seeing within yourself or growing from is something that you can take note of and kind of look at, cool, what do I want better in my life? What kind of experiences would I like to incur and bring closer to me? Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just America being in uh, in her or his or her Pluto return is like, um, I feel like one of the big things right now, look at that, part of fortune, um, talking about like the teacher that teaches you the harder things. Cause I think uh, part of fortune, I'm just like playing around with some of the decks. So this is where like you have the most opportunity in your chart. It shows you where there's like, right? Like the greatest opportunity, but it comes through challenges. Like it, this does not come easy. It can come through crossroads, right? Look, cause there's, uh, the part of fortune. So that's interesting <laughs> that that's coming out, um, with increase here, but one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking is that like our astrology right now, just in general, globally, like if you were to go to an astrologer and maybe look at your own chart right now, because you wanted to see, is it a good time to get married? Is it a good time to start a business? Um, it would be less productive to look at just your personal astrology currently and more productive to look at the global astrology right now. Like, I mean, I'm not an astrologer, but I feel like there's something in that, like the collective astrology is, um, it's like really powerful right now that that's where, um, we can, we're also connected. So that's something that I'm feeling like no matter, um, what we're going through. Wow. Um, that we are, we do have that connectedness. So this is my deck, um, the Crystal A-Lab Oracle. And right now um, I ended up pulling the Void card, which is a fascinating card. Um, there are different fields in the light work as well as in the shadow work. In the light fields, there's spirit light and um, something that I like to call, um, what did I call it in this deck? 
I'll remember it in a second. It's like the rainbow energy. It's just this blast. Oh, of I love I love that card. Yeah, I'm trying I to remember. I it. forget which. Wait, is that the card of like um hearth and home or? It's similar uh, to the hearth um, and home. Yeah, it's and it's like a collective. It's that one. Yeah. So hearth. See, I knew it. Hearth <laughs> is definitely connected. I love to that it. card. Um, but the energy behind it, especially with void. So void is the representation in the shadow of the abyss. So in humans, um, we do have these voidal moments where, um, it's finding the, the good in the bad or the bad mm -hmm. and the good and, and seeing both perspectives. Um, it's the idea of like a black hole that absorbs all the light. Um, it's taking in all the information and, and where does it go? There's a theory that, um, that like wormholes or black holes or whatever, um, the light actually transmutes to it, like a funnel to the other side. Mm -hmm. So there's so like other dimensions. So there's another reality. There's another push. There's another representation through mm -hmm. the void that, um, you can actually have deeper access to. Can I see that card? Yes, you can. So it says anything is possible with inner peace and it says as above, so below. And uh, this is Kiara's deck. I'll, I'll put a link in uh, the description box on YouTube, but it says nether. So I love that you said you called it the nether as well. Cause it's like, um, like, and why did you do that? Why did you call it nether? So, um, if you guys have seen like, uh, the stranger things series, there's the, the other side, um, where the creatures come from, which is actually another dimension where it's a lower vibrational dimension. So the nether represents, uh, the alternative. It's, mm -hmm. it's the, the, the same reality, but the opposite. Mm -hmm. If you were to flip like upside down or like through a mirror world, that's the nether. And it looks like, is that the symbol for Libra there or am I seeing that wrong? So in ancient, 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 we're talking old, old channeled shit. This paperwork is probably hidden away somewhere in, in the ancient architects. But according to my channeling and my ancient research on astrology, Libra was originally Lilith. Oh, wow. And Lilith, <laughs> if you guys know the story of Lilith, mm -hmm. Lilith was the first wife of Adam in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But um, once Adam ended up being with Eve, where did Lilith go? And the theory is, according to some ancient stories, that she went mad and she had children and she ate her children and she ate the babies of Adam and Eve and she went into this dark witch energy. But I don't think that's true. What I think happened with Lilith as worshipped in the pagan culture, she was a sacred priestess and she understood light and dark. Mm -hmm. So associating her to the void or the nether, mm -hmm. she went through a a, a a return, a shadow, a, a void, and came out the other side as a powerful uh, female matriarch. I mean, she ended up being a divine symbol for the, the system of balance. So to me, that was the origination Libra. of Libra. Very interesting. And the opposite of void in my deck is actually Nova Ascension. The, I love that card. Yeah. That is an amazing, can we show them together? Yes, go ahead. Here, I'll show them. So Nova represents the light aspect of void. So Nova or Ascension is the opposite of void and nether, which is very potent, very energetic. And it has the same construct of the idea behind as above, so below. Um, on the card for Nova, it says, um, tap deeper into higher self and trust the next phases to turn out what we're all right. So 
when I think of rainbows, like everybody's always like, I want to see the other side of the rainbow. Where's the pot of gold? <laughs> like people look to to rainbows as a sign of hope. It's uh -huh. like this sign of I'm going to keep going. So this uh -huh. card was that representation and it's held by the Aries, which Aries, Aries is, and Libra. Yes. Yes. Opposites. Yes. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. So Aries embodies the idea of the individual. It's the idea of leadership, independence, and that childlike wonder because they're the first sign in the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. So they represent the first stages of uh, the Zodiac. So they're the child, the beginning, whereas Libra is further in it's the seven people and it's the people yeah the connection with people and others so i think that this is a great kind of analogy for the shadow work mm -hmm. is working from from the light perspective i feel like when we talk about light workers and people that think a lot towards this love and light very individual love and light you're right like you say <laughs> i love you you love me love and light very individual that to me is the aries mindset when we think of shadow work, it's about balancing yourself. So to me, that's very Librarian. It's very you know, Libra. It's all about the scales. And mm -hmm. in ancient Egypt, the scales were determined by Anubis. Mm -hmm. And Anubis was actually, um, the story goes, that he was the rejected son of uh, one of the goddesses, which I cannot remember at this time what his mother was, but he was rejected. So he was actually um, adopted by Isis and uh, Osiris as the son of them. And he was given the task of the, un uh, the underworld and to judge the people who were crossing over to the other side. So he would take your heart and he would take um, the feather that uh, was your experiences and, and like, the purest part of your soul from origination, he would stick them on the scale. And if your heart tipped too far down, your heart was eaten by Sobek, the crocodile goddess. And the reason this was, <laughs> was because it was the sign that you had not come to balance. You had not come to uh, releasing what no longer served and move forward, no matter good or bad that you did. Yeah, it's funny because um, this story, um, I did a, I did a two hour long video for all of you on my YouTube channel the other day and I was using the Terra Nefertari. Actually, I think I recorded it on your birthday. It was, uh, it was June 12th that I recorded, or no, maybe it was, it was after your birthday, but I, it was weird. I put a June 12th date on it and uh, in this deck, the death card has Anubis in it, the <laughs> god that you're talking about. And I think, um, the, the wheel of fortune. So I'm pretty sure that there was one of you, or maybe it was in like a reading that I did uh, just a few weeks ago where I talked about the heart on the scale with the feather and someone on my channel had additional information about that story. And I wish I could remember now, but it's funny how that's like coming up a lot because I'm even thinking of like, um, there's a like a Christmas song, have yourself a merry little Christmas, let your heart be light, like a lightning of your heart, but in a place where like, again, where from we're, now on our troubles will be out of from, sight. Right. From now on our troubles will be out of sight. So it's funny how like, yeah, we can, we can do this, this work here and now we don't have to be afraid of it. And I think that that's, that for me is just one of the biggest messages that I want to convey to people is like, um, I don't know, just not to be afraid to feel it all. Cause one of the things that 
uh, repeats for me throughout my life is um, dealing with a lot of uh, addictions throughout my life uh, inside of relationships and people that I love the most where I think that that's where a lot of uh, addictions come from in general is like wanting to numb out, wanting to not feel, wanting to escape um, and I, I think that there is an appropriate time and place to like, to escape. I think that some fantasy can be good. And you know, that's where like the place where dreams are born. And so I'm not here to say like that everything is one way and everything is absolute. Cause I think that there are just gray areas for so many things in life, but, um, just about, I think now is the time to just allow ourselves just to feel everything and to be really honest. Like the other thing I see is people who are just like trapped inside of these relationships with other people and they don't even really love these people anymore. And they're just there and they're not happy and they're not able to like move forward with their lives in a real way. And they're just, cause I get, you know, I have my own clients and stuff and I see where there are a lot of people who are just staying in these very unhappy marriages or relationships or friendships. And because it's like out of habit and they don't know what else to do, but at the same time, they, they want something else. So I feel like, um, the way that I try to guide people is to just like, like you were saying, like, I think you said earlier something about just like, just do it. Like, what are you doing? If you're not living your, if you're not, I don't know how you said it, but just like, what are you waiting for? Um, and a lot of it is like about taking your own mask off and asking yourself what you really love what you really want there's that like fear of the unknown and then there's the vulnerability or what you have to sacrifice and yeah. what you have to give up in order to be in an authentic place but i don't know i feel like talking about the scales um how much pain people will stay in just because they're afraid to, what they're going to sacrifice or what it's going to look like to other people in their life. I don't know some of the expectations that are put on people. Some of the like, well, it's supposed to look this way. I have to be this person. Um, and it's, this is not the time for that anymore. Like, I don't know. I feel like this all entails with that shadow work too. Like, I feel like the time, like they say like the time is now, like there's the power of now, which is a really great book. I suggest you guys read. Is that Tolle? Eckhart Tolle, yes. Yeah. Or Tolle, however you say his amazing name. Um, <laughs> uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza is an amazing asset as far as books or, or material or, or sessions or classes. Um, uh, there's actually like the medical medium for those of you that are suffering with like uh, illnesses or disabilities um, just these tools and these assets why don't you look for as many things as you could get your hands on to change your story to a position that you actually want to be in or to make your reality um, but yeah this is this is a lot of the material that we constantly talk about together just outside of videos or sessions and today is a very special like push towards a future where yeah we're planning on doing events we're planning on doing in persons um you already do a lot of retreats and things like that yeah, yeah you put yourself out there a lot like so my company's name is um is crystal prophecy um i do uh sessions healings classes readings i mean you can look on the website at crystalprophecy.live 
Um, this is Elizabeth Light Tarot. She has a YouTube channel and she's also on Instagram. Yeah, which I've been feeling super disconnected from. Like, I still check it and I like, like people's things, but um, I've really just been like very focused on YouTube. I don't do TikTok. I don't have a Facebook. Um, so really the best way to contact me, if you wanted to ever talk, um, is through um, YouTube, Elizabeth Light Tarot, and then um, ElizabethLight1111 at gmail.com is my email address. And you can kind of check out my content if you like. I'm definitely in a space where like I'm looking to branch out and do more things. And it, like I was saying, I just wanted to like do this like midnight tarot kind of thing where some of you could pop on and get like a nighttime reading and the decks will be a little bit darker and, you know, they'll have some, I don't know, just uh, different symbolism inside of the decks that will invoke something a bit different within you um you know and uh, because it has to be in balance i you know i don't know i get such mixed reviews from people sometimes if the message is too positive you'll have someone who will pop on and you can see where they're really they're looking for that shadow work and then on the contrary, sometimes when the message comes through and it is a bit more shadowy and it's like more of a healing message, then you'll have people who are kind of like in resistance to that. So I think that there's just opportunity for us to look at both. Like I will always look at both. Um, and I will, I think another thing too, is that we have to be really protective of our energy too. For those so, of you super empaths, for those of you super sensitives, um, creating a boundary between you and, and the energy that is triggering or the energy that is repeating in your reality, mm -hmm. finding healthy ways to self-heal, self-cope, mm -hmm. and to put up this beautiful protection mm -hmm. um, that surrounds you so that you, you know, you may be asking like, how do I do that? The first thing is you just visualize it mm -hmm. in your head. You literally think of a circle around your body and then you go deeper. You say it's a gold light of protection. Nothing can enter, nothing of ill intent, nothing of shadow can enter this field. Mm -hmm. And you say, I am protected in my highest good and I will be protected by my guides, my protectors, my ancestors of the highest good, period. Mm -hmm. Done. Very simple. Once you do that, you'll start to feel the transition you'll start to feel and see how things transition in your reality mm -hmm. if you need further tools oh, or further things to look for mm -hmm. look up healthy boundary techniques there are many practitioners online all across the board that have amazing techniques and tools that you could add to your tool belt so that you can create these healthy boundaries but that's the first step when you're walking into shadow work Create a healthy boundary with your own shadow and your own reality mm -hmm. so that when you deal with it, you're not absorbed by it or con consumed by this energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's super important. Like, even if you're just out in the world, you go to the grocery store. Um, I don't know. Let's say, you know, you wake up in the morning. You're having, like, a good morning, a good day. You're feeling good. And then... You come home in the evening, let's say you've gone out and you've gone to work or you've been with the children and you've taken them to all their things. And then you come home and you're like, well, you know, okay, maybe you're a bit tired at the end of the day, but then you're just feeling like really, really drained. A lot of that is because you're out there and maybe you're not 
like um, you're not sort of putting up that protection around yourself. Because if you're watching this video, then you're empathic, you're psychic, you're a healer, you're, you know, all of these things. So th that's really important. And I think um, just the, like you were talking about, just the light is so important. There's the armor of God. That is amazing. So you can like look that up. You can even print out a picture and like um, keep it in your wallet. And I used to do that every morning, like when I was living out at Mago and I used to walk to work every morning. I lived on like 170 acres in Sedona for like over a year in the middle of nowhere. And I would walk to work in the morning. And I, as I was walking to work, I would just put on my armor of God. And then I would feel very protected during the day. And I found that it was um, like, they're just very simple things that you can do. So I feel like this is a time where we all need to be and not because you're afraid. It's not like, oh, I don't want, you know, anything bad to come and get me or anything to be able to, you know, um, steal my energy. <clears throat> it's from a place of empowerment. I feel like also if you have like night terrors or you deal with ETs or mm -hmm. you deal with um, vampirism or energy, mm -hmm. just anything, um, look up techniques for healthy boundaries, protection, uh, self-empowerment. These kind of things, everything we talked about, it all applies across the board. Just find your toolbox <laughs> and put it where you need it. Um, for the next part of what we're doing, I kind of want to do an actual reading kind of component kind of to push towards what Elizabeth's new um, thing that she wants to do for you guys is. And I want it to be added on here just as a bonus. So um, I haven't decided whether or not it's going to be a continuation on the podcast. But if not, there will be a second video. You may follow up for it. But we will begin that now. And it's going to be geared towards shadow work and the intention behind what do you guys need to know at this time? And what else would you like it to be about? I think that's great. I feel like just bringing it into the very, into the now moment, just into the present moment with just the current energies that works for me. Cause I mean, I think that we could, um, we could do it for the collective, for people who are watching this. And I don't know, maybe as we go, we can kind of figure out if there are different things, cool. like maybe we could break it up into, um, I don't know, something, um, maybe for relationships, other for just people for very, very internal stuff, maybe something around trauma, mm -hmm. maybe something around addiction, like whatever kind of wants to come up, whatever we're feeling in the moment. Cool. I'm going to let you kick it off because okay. it's your baby. So. so I'm wondering if I should stop, maybe stop my video and then have them be two separate videos. Because sure. I feel like, um, yeah, I'd, yours for you, it's, you're just going to leave it running and then, yeah. and that's fine. Okay. Yeah. So for those of you who are on, um, who are on my video here, I'm going to stop this and then we'll restart, um, so that we can do uh, the reading portion. So I'm just going to stop this. Here we go.